0: Hello, welcome to Pineapple Rails. I'm your host Nia, and it's been a long, long, long time <laughs> since I've put out an episode. I live some life. I am diving more into my food business, and it is a lot of work, especially when I am doing everything on my own and don't have others helping me. Um, so I am navigating that as I go on, but everything's going well in that realm. Um but you know, since the last time I did an episode which was bodies, bodies, bodies and I realized I recorded an episode and never uploaded it about uh, American horror series. Um I've watched a lot of movies and TV shows since then. Um again, I still feel like the market is super saturated with all this content, both amazing and horrible and in between. And like I said, I've seen a lot of stuff and I want to talk about it. So, I'll either condense everything and put it in one episode or i'll put several out of uh different shows and movies to get them highlights but yeah we're back again and i hope y'all stay tuned enjoy one of the first and i'll say easier film to talk about is triangle of sadness i saw this at alma draft house of course where i see all my movies uh, it was directed and written by ruben ausland And whenever I go to look at other things that he has done, he's done uh, Tourist, uh, The Square. I have not, something called Play in 2011. I've never seen or heard any of his movies before. Um, So going into this, into Triangle of Sadness, I had a pretty open mind about it. I saw the trailer. And uh, I will say with the chiller because it was funny. It seemed like sad. Not, not gonna say satire, but it was eh, maybe satire. Um, I saw Woody Harrelson was going to be starring in this, and that's really one of the main reasons why I went to go see it. Because usually when he's in a movie, it's really good in my opinion, and he will provide either comedic relief or a really good performance or a combination of both. And uh when i saw the movie it uh was definitely not like what i thought so let's get into the synopsis of it all so a very simple synopsis that's on um excuse me plot that's on imdb says a fashion model celebrity couple join an eventful cruise for the super rich that's very uh uh blasé right then there's another uh plot written by someone but it says written by anonymous uh and I'm not going to read all of it because there are spoilers towards the end. But I'll go back and read that after I do my spoiler warning. Um, so it says, Models Carl and Yaya. And Yaya is not really a model. Yaya is a an Instagram influencer. So let's make that clear. Um, but Models Carl and Yaya are navigating the world of fashion while exploring the boundaries of their relationship. The couple are invited for a luxury cruise with a rogue with rogues galleries of super rich passengers, a Russian oligarch, British arms dealer, and idiosyncratic, alcoholic, Marx-quoting captain. At first, all appears Instagrammable, but a storm is brewing. And I'm gonna stop right there so I don't ruin the rest of it. So, I feel like a triangle of sadness. You're gonna see the the true stars of this film. I haven't really seen them in anything else, so... The first one is I believe she pronounced her name pronounced her name Shelby Dean and when I look at her IMDb page it looks like she was in Don't Sleep in 2017 Spud in 2010 she was in Black Lightning in 2018 um I know I've heard of Black Lightning but I really haven't heard of anything else oh she's in Elementary as well um but it's in like these are like these are more minor roles so whenever I was looking because uh, I want to see, oh, is she in anything else I would have seen or anything coming up? Unfortunately, she uh, passed away uh, earlier this year in August of um, some type of illness, which ironically or not, uh, ironically, it was um, she had a car accident years before. And due to something that happened in the car accident that aided in her death, unfortunately. Um, but she stars as Yaya. We have Harris Dickinson, Dickinson that stars as Carl um i haven't there okay i've seen his face before um and of these things the kingsman that came in, in 2021 and i didn't see beach rats but i remember the, the trailer of beats rat of beach rats and i wanted to see see how they run it's in my queue on my uh, hbo max and he was also in where the crawdads sing in 2022 so it looks like he has a pretty pretty stacked uh 2021 for sure in 2022 and he he even was in Maleficent with, uh, what is this woman's name? Angelina Jolie in 2019. So he's coming up. He's been in some pretty good stuff, but it seems like he was more so like a side character in some of this stuff. But I liked him in Triangle of Sadness. And then we have Woody Harrelson, as I said before, he plays the captain. And he's been in so many things. It's just go to his filmography, it's amazing. Um, we have uh, Zalto Bjork who plays Dimitri. I don't think I've seen him in anything before, but when I go to his name, I have seen him in stuff. I just don't recognize his face. He was in 2012. That starred, uh, what was his name? Dennis Quaid was in that. And so was, what is this guy's name? What is this guy's name? Oh my goodness. Let me just go to it and then I can say his name. So I can't think of it right now. Uh, oh, I am so off. I'm confusing 2012 with something else. Oh, I'm so off with that never mind but i remember seeing 2012 that was whenever like the rich and the elite were getting saved but not everybody else anyway so i feel like this cast for the most part when the average person looks at it they don't know these people and they don't know movies that they have been in um we also have dolly de leon who plays abigail in the begin, in the first part of this movie she seems like a side character but it's not until the second part of the movie is when we see that she's actually a key player, which I really liked how uh, the director flipped out on this end of you can assume something at beginning and then it's going to change later. So with this movie, it's basically in the beginning, it's kind of like pointing fun at you know the super w- rich and wealthy and like designers. So um, and that's what I liked there. The first trailer I saw it was uh these people making like this little documentary of the model male modeling world of like how hard it is to be a male model and how underpaid they are. It seems that they're kind of complaining, but it's also kind of funny because it's like, okay, like whatever, no shade if you're a male model. Um, and they talked about like what happy brands are versus uh Grumpy brands and a sad brand. A grumpy brand isn't like Balenciaga or or Gucci, where whenever they take photos of their models, they look very sad, angry, distraught. They look like you know we're better than you. You wish you could be us versus happy brands like Hollister and H&M where everybody's smiling and enjoying life and oh you know everything's like daisies and roses so I really love that parallel so whenever we see uh Carl go into this audition which he has model work before we could see that whenever he gives it to them in the audition you know I feel like to us the average person he looks like a good model you know he's in shape handsome guy pretty fit you know a uh, tall you know, decent walk, but they seem to not want him They even mutter the the, what do you call it? the casting uh agents kind of look at him like mm, kinda old, kinda washed out, you know, they even mentioned amongst themselves maybe he should get Botox, you know. So he kind of storms out of there a little bit irritated and we see him later with his girlfriend Yaya and they're at a dinner and it just seems like she's just not into him. Not into him, not into the dinner. She's on her phone. Um, a little bit annoying, and it's just like she's always constantly taking pictures of everything what they're doing, the food, herself, the environment but she's just obviously not a present partner. And uh, her and Carl get into an argument whenever the bill comes, and she doesn't say anything or touch it. And he's he brings it up, you know, like you make more money than me, and you're not even offering to pay, and you know, it's She's a little bit irritated by that. And it turned into this argument that lasts, like multiple scenes, this, argu- <laughs> this argument lasts. But I I it is realistic because if you are in a relationship and you and your partner ever get into an argument or you have in the past before, sometimes it gets like that where something's so small because t- tension has built up over time, it becomes something that could have been just talked about for a couple minutes to that has been stretched out over hours, and if you're arguing for hours, you're getting exhausted. You're getting irritated. You're kind of in disbelief, like, "Are we still talking about this? Is this really still a thing?" Um, but yeah, while they're at dinner, Carl's like, "You know, you should you should be the one paying. For, you know, since you make more money than me, I don't mind paying. But you know, you do make more money than me." And she's like, "Okay, fine, whatever, I'll pay." And you know, when the waiter goes through and her card is denied, and still he's like, "Okay, whatever, I'll pay." cuts another scene they're still arguing and then um it's just it's just it's it was hilarious when I talked to one of my friends about it she was like why are they still arguing I'm like it's just a point of you know something that's just a tiny inconvenience but they haven't spoke about it before and it even alludes to later that this woman is a manipulator and she does admit it later on that like yeah I totally am manipulating you because whatever bullshit reason Um, But we cut to later there on a yacht, Uh, Yaya, because she's an influencer. She, you know, gets money here and there, but she's mostly getting gifts. And I've seen this with with, uh, influencers as well, like on YouTube and stuff, like how do influencers make money or what do y'all get? And a lot of these influencers say like, you know, I'm not getting paid a whole bunch of money. I'm more so getting free stuff. So, you know, it might be, hey, come stay at this all-inclusive resort in Jamaica and we'll pay we'll pay for it for you for a week all you gotta do is take photos and videos and tag our place in it you know like okay great so you got a flight room and board and foods taken care of you don't need that much money to go on your own you'll be fine however you're not getting any kind of income from that it's just an experience that you're getting you know kind of kind of deal um so yeah anyway one of the things that she gets gifted is this um you know, yacht yacht excursion, but it's really for the super rich. So technically speaking, of all the guests that are on this boat, they are the poorest guest. Everyone else, they're like one one of there's an older couple, they're arms dealers. Like everybody has their hands in various things. You know, they have a lot of money. And whenever we see the crew, we have um the yacht steward is played by uh is this is this the right person or I'm getting the wrong person. I don't want to say the wrong name, but we have one of the um like the head of the, of the people who actually work on the boat, the face of the boat, right? People who are like getting your drinks and stuff, or you know, at you telling me need anything, um, she's telling them like, hey, everything this weekend, whatever the guest wants, it's yes, 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 never no, just do it, be in the moment. She's very excited, very vibrant, you know, older older woman. Um, and the, the steward, the, the workers are, you know, these young, vibrant people all in shape, all, you know, very like picturesque, you know, and these guests are people who are rich that are used to getting their way. They're not used to hearing the word no. Um, so now after this, I'm going to say spoiler alert. So going back to what that plot was, the other half of it was, you know, a storm is brewing and heavy seasickness hits the passengers during the seven course captain's dinner, the cruise ends catastrophically. Carl and Yaya find themselves marooned on a desert island with a group of billionaires and one of the ship's cleaners. Hierarchy is suddenly flipped upside down as the housekeeper is the only one who knows how to fish. Um, not a bad uh, plot by this whoever this anonymous person is. Not a bad plot without truly ruining it. So the way this movie starts and the way it ends... I feel like it's completely different, Contrast each other. What I do like is that at the beginning, we see how these rich people really are. You know, like, I told you to do something, just do it, I'll pay you whatever, like, just do what I want you to do, which obviously is pointing towards, these people are so used to just throwing money at things, they're surprised that their money can't take care of something, and they're, like, kind of, like, low-key offended. Um, what I liked about Woody Harrelson's character in here, the Captain, which... I wish it was more advertised that he was just a small cameo appearance. Well, not even cameo. He is just like, just like, you know, with Woody Harrelson, not starring Woody Harrelson, because I thought we're going to get him more than what we did. But the time that we did get him, I enjoyed him on the screen. He was comedic relief. He did a really good job with the short time that we had him. And he kind of seems like the captain who doesn't really give a shit. He's like, you know, like, screw these rich people, like, whatever kind of tired doing these captain dinners you know blase blase um but yeah like while they're on the ship uh something happens where uh something happens with the food it seems like the food either it was poisoned or it was out too long something happened with the food but everybody gets sick so there's a scene where it's a captain's dinner and everyone's eating this seafood except for the captain. He's like, nope, I want burger and fries. That's what I always get. I don't care about this fancy schmancy stuff. So everybody's like, <laughs> it's, just, it's it's a very disgusting scene. And it goes on for like far too long with how disgusting it is. And I mean like, it, this goes on for like 10, 15, 20 minutes. How long this scene is, it feels. And um, it's like people are eating and then are like throwing up. And then it's like, if I'm eating dinner. And I just still in a table over to me and they're throwing up or eating the same thing. I would not continue to eat. And if I didn't start eating, I wouldn't eat at all. I'd be like, oh, I'm good because I don't want to get sick. But it's like everybody's ignoring that. Like, oh, my stomach is like made of Teflon and they're continuously eating. And then so it's like everybody is like violently throwing up. And then it's like they got to go to the bathroom. And they're like, there's a scene where someone's like on the toilet. Obviously, you know, what goes on there like toilets are there's like something wrong with like the plumbing and they're on when they're on the yacht and so it's like the toilets are like exploding and overflowing it's it's just so so disgusting it feels like you can like just smell the scene and it's just very vile (laughs) very very vile um but yeah it it very very well drove the the point home so while this is happening (laughs) while this is happening people getting sick on the boat um there are pirates that are coming from like, you know, it's like, how can this get any worse? Here come these pirates on this boat coming towards the yacht, because the yacht is like in the middle of the sea, there is no land anywhere near them. And so these pirates are coming. One of the pirates throws a grenade onto the onto the yacht and the older couple from earlier that are arms dealers. And the, when I say older, I am like they had to be like in their like eighties or so. The wife sees a grenade. And instead of, like, worrying or anything, she picks it up and she, like, admires it for a moment. She's like, oh, to her husband, oh, sweetheart, is this one of ours? And he's like, oh, wait, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 like, get rid of it. But before that could happen, obviously, it blows up. The the boat, you know, blows up, or the yacht blows up. And, you know, we don't know who survives yet. So cut to the beach where people find, you know, refuge and... It's the head custodial, um, the head custodian. Well, her name is, her name is, uh, Abigail. It's, uh, Yaya and Carl. Apparently, I guess the captain died because we don't see him. Dimitri is saved. Um, the woman who is the, uh, head of all of these series. Okay, her her name is Paula, played by Vicky Berlin. Uh, she survives as well, too. So it's not, it's pretty scant on who survives. And also, a Jarmo, played by henrik dorsen they're sur- they, they survive and then one of the pirates named nelson who's played by what's this guy's name john christoph folly or they're saved um or they seek refuge um and so they're, they're shipwrecked right you know they're on this beach how are we gonna survive what we're we gonna do and um i don't remember if it was like that that day or the next morning um the lead custodian she comes um on, she's in uh, one of like the rescue boats Abigail and so you know the the lead the the lead of the stewardess she goes to her and she's like oh Grace you're here you know let's uh, help me unload the food and water because there's food and water in here for days you know so to get it for the passenger so this woman is still in work mode she's still in work mode and you know while Abigail's handing her stuff Abigail's kind of slowly realizing like hold on hold on we are shipwrecked. Don't know when we're gonna get survived. If we're gonna, if anyone's if anyone's gonna come to you know help us, and I'm still being I'm being treated like a, a shitty employee. Like you got to be kidding me. And it like we slowly kind of see the gears start turning in Abigail's head, and you know these passengers are also used to just being given things and being taken care of and not having to fend for themselves. And this is very a very this is a pivotal moment in the movie. And so uh, they need food, right? They're gonna have to. They can't just survive off these snacks, right? They're gonna deplete at some point. So, Abigail goes in the water and she gets things like like a little octopus or something like that, or some kind of fish. She she goes and she gets, and she gets she gets, goes hunting for it, kills it, comes back, cleans it up, cooks it, gives some food to everybody else. She keeps the rest for herself. So you know her former boss Paul is like, hey, you know Abigail, give me some more food for the passengers, and she's like, no, I'm not. And Abigail's like, come on, like, don't be selfish. Like, everybody needs to eat. She's like, no, they already got some. This is all mine. And Abigail's, uh, um, Paula's like, Abigail, like, come on, you're being ridiculous. Abigail's like, no, I hunted the fish. I killed it. I cooked it. I came back. I cleaned it. No one asked me for help. No one, no one gave me support. You know what? You know what? On their janitor here, captain. And she's like, no. And so Abigail, I, this is my favorite scene in the movie. Abigail has like the the fish that she's cooked, and she turns and looks at somebody. And she's like, who who's who's captain? They're like, you're captain. And she throws them a piece of food. And goes, goes goes to the next person. Who's captain? They're like, you're captain. And she's like, okay, and gives them food. So everybody does it, and then she looks at uh, Paula, and she's like, who's captain? And Paula just reluctantly takes the food from her and uh, you know, eats a but doesn't say anything. It's obviously that she obvious that she is upset at the at, at, at like what's what's happening. But I'm all I'm all for it. I'm I'm definitely on Abigail's side. You know, it's like y'all aren't doing anything for me. And it turns to like the, the rich people, they you know, they need stuff, they need resources, they need, they need food and water. So they go to Abigail, they're giving her like their Rolexes and their diamond rings and whatever they have on their person that's of value they're giving her her let's be real realistic it doesn't mean shit if we're on this island until we die this rolex watch or diamond earrings or whatever you're give me it's not going to mean anything but it's you know a thing of she's in a position of power who's going to try to hurt her or take her out if you try to kill her or if you do kill her now you're not going to have anybody who knows how to fish or how to start a fire or how to do first aid which is obviously ridiculous we as human beings no matter how successful we are financially or in our in our careers we should still know basic survival skills and how to be decent and kind to human beings and um I that's 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 why I appreciated this flip of social class um but it gets to a point where uh Abigail wants uh Yaya's boyfriend Carl and Yaya and Carl they're kind of like they're they're together but they're kind of like at odds with each other and so Carl's like, well, you know, let me just, you know, stroke her ego, give her what she wants. And then, you know, you know, we'll get what we need. And he you know, was like, no, like there's only one thing she wants from you. You know what I mean? And he's like, no, no, I, will, I won't I won't do it, you know. But he goes to sleep in the life raft with her and, you know, cut to have her long later. I don't remember how long they were stuck there. He's sleeping in there every single night and the other pastors are kind of like, you know, making fun of him. Like, oh, you know, we know what you're doing and get those extra pretzels, you know what I mean? And um, his girlfriend's like obviously upset about it, but like it's, there's not much she can do because this Abigail controls everything. And um, it gets to the point where y'all is like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go explore. I'm just going to go explore. Because, you know, long story short, Abigail and uh, Carl, they are hooking up. They're they are doing something in that boat, you know. We, we see, like, like, a brief scene of it. And that's that, you know, it's a, it's a power dynamic. And it's also the wanting uh, a person to take your mind off being in this stressful situation. So, one day, Yaya comes to Abigail and she's like, hey, can I borrow the backpacks? I want to go exploring on the island. Look for some, you know, look for... You know, some some hints of life. You know, maybe, you know, there's something here. And um, Abigail's like, yeah, but I'll go with you. And, you know, they're not really, like, the closest people. Not the best of friends. Abigail kind of... Not Abigail. Yaya kind of has a chip on her shoulder about Abigail being with, you know, her partner already. Um, so, they go exploring. And the first thing I thought was, why... Why are you coming to her? It would have been just smarter to go explore on your own or come and sneak and grab the backpack so you don't have to worry about anything. But they go hiking and they're hiking for a good long while. And then finally they get to a point and guys are like, do you see that? And it's a door. It's a door to some kind of hotel or resort. It's like, of course, there's some motel or resort because most of these islands are bought by rich people and they have homes on them or resorts private resorts on them and it's like an elevator door. And so um I was like, come on, Abigail, you know, the walking to Abigail's like, wait, let's just sit here and just, you know, enjoy this moment. And at first I thought, okay, Abigail wants to enjoy these last moments before everything goes back to normal, right? Before she goes back to her regular life and regular job where let's be honest, she's not appreciated Though she has all this knowledge of knowing how to take care of herself and survival and helping others, it's not really valued in the real world. And so get to there with her for a moment. And then Abigail's like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom before we go. So she gets up and walks off to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, this is kind of odd. I don't trust her. <laughs> like, I-, I had that feeling again. I'm like, I don't trust her. So Abigail walks off to quote unquote go to the bathroom, but she's faking it and she picks up this really large walk and she's sl- rock and she's slowly walking towards yaya and yaya's back towards her she's looking at the ocean watching the ocean like the sun setting and she's like oh you know abigail i think you know we can like work together we work well together blah 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 you can be my assistant and help me with my job and it's just like that's just adding more insult to injury you know, and and shows how manipulative and how vapid Yaya is as a person, and um, you know we see like I'm going to assume that Abigail actually is able to off her, um uh, offer. and then we we uh, the movie ends with Carl Carl running through um, the the island, you know, running running through like you know these branches and twigs and and and, and stuff and. It looks like his face is, like, getting, like, sliced up and cut up, which to me represents, like, oh, like, I don't care about all this. Like, I care about her. I want to make sure that she's okay because I have a bad feeling about something. And that's how the movie ended. So, on a positive note, I liked how they had the dynamic of rich versus poor. You know, rich looking, but you're not rich, which is the model and the social influencer, which they don't really have real money, let's be honest. And, you know, one doesn't really make money, the other person, uh, he could be making money because he's quote unquote old in the fashion world. He's going to be kind of be pushed out and it seems like he doesn't really have any like real life skills. And then with Abigail on that end, we see somebody who is a hard worker day in, day and out can be so sufficient, help herself and help others. And treated like shit treated less than no one really cares about her wants needs and desires and going back to that home life would be very unsatisfying um overall with this movie i laughed more than anything i thought it was really funny um and i appreciate it for that if i had to rate it out of like a 10 i'd probably get it like a six just because some scenes are like a little bit longer than they need to be and with the trailer it alluded to something else and what it was um but I didn't mind it whatsoever. I would watch it again. Um, I think only like one more time. But yeah, I think I would give it like a solid six. Maybe a six and a half. You know what time it is. Time for the IMDb Fun Facts. So the title refers to the little space between the eyebrows where frown lines are often formed. However, it could also apply to the love triangle that springs up between Yaya, Abigail, and Carl. According to the actors, Ruben Auslin would frequently subject them to over 20 takes for each scene. In interviews, Harris Dickinson admitted that he loved the style of filmmaking as it made him feel as if he was being used to the full extent, instead of spending a lot of his time hanging around set. The second consecutive Ruben Austin film that includes a character with a speech language disorder. The square had a character with Tourette, causing him to swear involuntarily. In this film, there is there is Therese? Is that, okay, that's supposed to be Therese. <laughs> Therese has had a stroke and could only repeat the word, the German phrase end in Vulcan in the clouds or say nine no. languages spoken in the film include English, Swedish, French, Greek, German, Croatian, and Tagalog. When he landed the part of Carl, Harris Dickinson was told that his character was a car mechanic before he became a model. Dickinson duly did a lot of intense research into the profession only to find when he arrived on set that the detail had been excised from the script. That that had to be annoying. Um, It received an eight-minute standing ovation at the Cannes Film Festival. While the movie is a satire of privileged persons, writer-director Ruben also didn't want it to be a mannequin. He didn't believe in the monstrosity of rich people. On the contrary, he thinks that they usually have a lot of social intelligence or else they wouldn't have made it this far. For instance, the worst person featured in the movie, the old English couple who are actually weapon manufacturers, are at the same time the nicest characters. That is true. He feels that they were always nice people and they just happened to make a fortune in this business you know, as a viewer, that's how I felt as well watching the movie. I'm like, these are very nice people to be arms dealers of everything. Maybe they just, you know, felt like, oh, hey, we make really good money. Why not doing this? People are always at war. Someone needs to sell it to them. Why not us? Ooh, this is a really cool fun fact. Harris Dickinson spent some, some of his formative years in the Royal Marines Cadets, so he would have known exactly how to survive on a desert island, unlike his character. Shot over a period of 73 days, this included two pausings because lockdowns during the COVID-19 pandemic. Dolly De Leon, this is a spoiler alert. Dolly De Leon confirmed in interviews that Abigail did in fact kill Yaya with a rock at the conclusion. The actual film didn't show this, but does elusively imply it. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Pineapple Reels. I will be covering Bones and All next. Um, so stay tuned.